Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte, and we are back in another very busy week. We've got the Conservative Party Conference. Uh, We've had consultants and junior doctor strikes, and we have kittens. Diane, Tatten, hello. Good morning. Tatten, do you have any pets you'd like to tell us about? Uh, I I do. I have two new kittens. They are little ginger stripy girls. Uh, They're called Peggy and Ivy, and they're really little, and they're the same colour as the floorboards. And basically, (laughs) I just have to, I just panic every time I'm walking around in the house, and they can meow, but it's like so quiet, because they're little. Um, So if, you know, there's any posts that don't go out properly, it's because I'm just trying to make sure I'm not standing on any vulnerable beasts they're not allowed outside because like like a seagull could get them they're that little so uh yeah they are inside where they can't be seen on the floor very cute i cannot mm. believe this is the first time uh, um you've actually told us about them like you've kept it in all week the cuteness and then just that's it shared it with listeners i mean my own that's that's because you don't follow my own personal page which is now just full of cat pictures i also put it on stories on sp because uh, i'm shouting about it so if you don't follow a my or page or b the simple politics page then i can't be blamed for that shot myself on the foot there didn't i <laughs> just a little bit uh, Diane, how are you? Any oh. interesting things happen to you this week? <sighs> Not really, no. <laughs> I just okay, move on great. quickly. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're still in party conference season. Um, so lots to talk about. Uh, first of all, let's move on to the top posts of the week. So what have been our top posts this week? Tatten, what do we have in at three? Well, in at three could have been any one of a million different posts on, uh, on getting about the country quickly uh, from London to Manchester. And now it's not going to happen. Um, so HS2 has been a project set up by, I think, David Cameron. And it was just to get about, just connect the whole country. We're just terrible. We're just useless as a country at building stuff. 
for some reason, everyone else manages to go, oh, we need a train line? That's just how about there and there? Let's go. Um, whereas we just, it just got it, the eye-watering amounts of money. And it's generally been accepted, generally, that it's going to be worth that money. And it became clear. So somebody, uh, like a special advisor, had a photo taken and a piece of paper was sticking out from under their arm that said, oh, should we get rid of HS2? And then it became the story. And it's, it, it, it's I was watching uh, Politics Live, there was, a, there was a special advisor saying, this is your worst nightmare. Mm as a special advisor, that you're just careless, you've just forgotten. And then this happens and it completely overshadowed the whole conference. And it's now not going to happen. And there's £36 billion that's come away from that and it's going to go to other things. There's been a few bits suggested already for what Network North will look like, what these other projects will look like. The map wasn't brilliantly convincing. It had, I think it had Manchester in the wrong place on the map and it just had kind of odd lines between places so it's all been done quite quickly the other news is that high speed 2 will run to manchester you can get on a train at london euston you will be able to get on the train in london euston and you will be arrive in manchester and because of the high speed leg from london to birmingham it will be still apparently be half an hour quicker even though you won't be going on high speed between birmingham and manchester Listen, we've known this was coming a week. It's happening. There's going to be apparently £36 billion to do other things, include keep the £2 bus cap. So, you know, it's controversial, but a lot of people are just saying, wait and see till we know more about Network North. Yeah, I mean, the comms on this was all over the place. Um <laughs> And the fact that it was in Manchester, conference was in Manchester, and you had um, Northern mayors sort of gathering to react to whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What a thing! But um, I thought I thought he did all right mm. when when he broke the news. The, the comms there were done really well. I thought he he was quite convincing on the stage about the benefits of scrapping it. Um, that clearly spent a lot of time workshopping it. And he shouted out project after project after project. And the hall was saying more. And now some of these projects, as Rishi likes to do, had already been announced. So he was re-announcing like the A5 or whatever it is. Oh, and we're going to do this. Aren't we already doing that? Yes, but we're definitely going to do it now. Um, mm. But it got some momentum behind yeah. it. But I think because, because of the pre-leaks... At that point, when he gave his speech, we had already moved from into, you know, through the stages of whenever you hear a, a big announcement and everyone was already had moved past into acceptance by the time he did his speech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, but, uh, and he knew that, which is why he had to be good. I thought he was at, the, at that time, regardless of the arguments, I thought he presented it well and uh, yeah, did all right. But lots of detail still to uh, still to come. Still to come, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But moving on at a slightly slower pace than was expected in 2009, Diane, what was our second post of the week? Okay, in it too, um, yeah, this is a surprisingly well-received post. Well, not surprising, but just, you know, it, it, it did better than I expected. Back in January. As you don't follow the page, <laughs> Diane, I think uh, it's all quite surprising for you. Every day, I'm amazed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
But back in January, um, the government said that plastic cutlery and a few other bits and bobs of plastic stuff would be banned from the 1st of October in England. The other bits and bobs were polystyrene cups, which I hate anyway, and balloon sticks, which lots of very confused adults asked what they were on our page. <laughs> but, they're, you know, those things you get for helium balloons. So, you, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm... What is a balloon stick? <laughs> you know, when you hold a helium balloon on a white yeah. balloon stick. Mm-hmm. And it's like got a piece in, of string. No, 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 no. We're going like to go back to string. Like in McDonald's in the 90s. Mm. No? Yeah. That, string. No. No, no. I see, you see, the 90s. I went to, I went to McDonald's a lot like in the 80s. Yeah. And then I was a bit of an angry, angry teenager and, you know, moved to Burger anti King. the system. And uh, so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you missed out on the balloon um, sticks because you could then hit your siblings I with them. I missed out them. on the balloon it's, sticks. You know. mm. So, so it's, it's like a solid string. Yes. Yes. Made of hideous right. plastic. So. Um, right. Ban it. Yeah, I mean, ban I, it. I'm all for banning ban that. It. I don't like the idea. No. So that, no, it is. That, that's yeah, that's great. It has been. I mean, look at the power I have. I know. Amazing. <laughs> Done. Um, I mean, this has got such broad support. There was nobody, literally no one, on the page going, "Oh, I'm gonna miss those white plastic forks that break whenever you try and lift anything off your takeaway." You know, <laughs> nobody likes this stuff. Nobody. I guess the range of response was just is this enough? Is it still going quick enough? These these little piecemeal bits of banning plastics. What a lot of people want to see next. So what? How, where do we go from here? The next big one a lot of people talk about is a bottle deposit scheme because that's the next big one for us, right? Single-use plastic bottles. Oh my God, they're everywhere. So cracking that would be a real winner if someone could do that without penalizing small businesses and breweries because that's the thing you've got to consider if they have kind of surcharges you know for for holding bottles and reusing bottles they've got to take that into consideration but that's definitely got to be the next big one yeah it's already on the cards isn't it because scotland were going to introduce it and now it's kind of yeah um, really it's going to come on to they, line they with the English. They found it tricky because England stopped them, didn't we? Yeah, didn't the, we stop because them? of the glass, yeah. the glass part. Yeah. And it's, England was supposed to do it a bit further down the line, so it's supposed to come into alignment with that. So hopefully Fingers it will happen. Cross. Yeah. I just had a flashback to working at a festival, having to eat a, a steak with those little plastic cutleries. That was... Um, I didn't choose the steak. Anyway... <laughs> I mean, it's quite a luxurious festival you're yeah. at. Oh. <laughs> the pepper sauce just uh <laughs> it was, that was what was in the canteen. It was like the one time we got meat because it was a very fancy catering company that was mostly vegan. Anyway. Um Tatten, what was our most popular post this week? Our most popular post was a topic that I find particularly fascinating. If things are bad for you should you be allowed to do them? To what extent should we be able to harm ourselves? And, the, and, the, and, and, and one theory goes, well, if you're not harming anybody else, then fine, you do it. You're, you're grown up, you're an adult, you know what you can do, what you can't do it. The issue obviously is that, and we're talking about smoking here, if you smoke and you smoke for 40 years and you get ill, 
you're not just harming yourself, you're harming the NHS, you're taking up space in the NHS. If you smoke for, to the extent that you, you're ill and you can't work, you're, take, you're, you're on benefits, you're on... So you are harming other people mm. through the impacts of something you've chosen to do. The politics of banning stuff. Liz Truss was earlier saying about how things were banned and talking about how they weren't allowed to advertise strawberries and cream on the tube because we're banning things and in wales and i don't know if this is true i haven't checked fact checked it but in wales apparently you can't get a a meal deal that's got a sandwich and crisps because of because of healthy eating and she's like we shouldn't be banning things and then two days later rishi sunak says we're effectively banning smoking in 90 years you know like as time goes on if you're 14 right now you will never legally be allowed to smoke. And this has got to go through Parliament, but Labour have said they're going to back it. Yeah, so it's going to go through. It'll happen. It'll be on the statute books before the next election. Mm. It doesn't. It can be changed and repealed further down the line, but we'll see. If you are 14 now, you will never, ever legally be allowed to buy cigarettes because the age will keep going up. So when you're 18, it will be 19. When you're 19, it will be 20, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So in theory, if you live to be 80, 90, then nobody will be allowed to buy cigarettes at all anywhere. Mm. It is banning, a long-term banning smoking for everybody. Yeah. And that's a huge, huge, huge change. Mm. and we'll see we'll see where it goes it's, it, it's one worth watching mm. i mean it affects my kids so my my eldest is 10 so he will never legally buy a cigarette and i i told them yesterday uh, <laughs> tell them a bit about my day i said guess what this has happened and um they were both really disappointed <laughs> <laughs> I thought we should have a bit of a we should oh. have a bit more of a chat about this. <laughs> I, I didn't know you were planning to take take up the habit, to be honest. Um but it's that interesting thing about once something's forbidden, prohibition, you know, it's uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Um and obviously, you know, nobody's that there will still be cigarettes, right? There'll still be a black market for this, presumably. But it does a it goes a long well, way for the next for the next fifty years. Yeah. for the next fifty years, there will be a lot of people around who are allowed to buy cigarettes. Yeah. So there will be cigarettes in all the shops. There'll be cigarettes. It's it, it's it's a funny kind of prohibition. Mm. What, I mean, what you're going to be IDing people to see if they're sixty two <laughs> or not? Like that's it's a funny it's a, it's it's a funny. But the idea isn't that. The idea is that people just don't take it up. Yeah. So if it's harder to get them, that by time there won't be many people who are age sixty mm. who need to prove they're sixty-two. Sure, because no, the number who have started will be so small, and it's just changing the culture mm. as much as anything else. But don't the kids all vape um, anyway? And it's then is that the kid? Well, smoking rates are 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 right down from what they used to be, but it's. The the issue it, it is it is so often that it's um it's working class communities who smoke more than other demographics, and their working class health outcomes are always worse because of housing and whatever else whatever else is going on. So 
they may there may be more of a move towards vaping, but this is about reaching those harder to access groups who won't, who are stubbornly not giving up smoking. And there will be some vape reform. He was very, very, very vague about vape, vape, vague about vape reform. Um, he said they're going to look at pack. I mean, presumably, it's so easy just to say we're not banning any vapes, but they're all going into plain packaging and behind the screens that all the shops already have, rather than brightly advertised on the outside. Like he talks about reforming flavors. How do you reform flavors? <laughs> oh, you can have this, but only in diet cherry. Yeah, no. What? Pineapple's too delicious. You can't have it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That one's for children. Pineapples for children. Caviar. Yes, that's a good flavor. Well, keep the caviar ones. Like, I mean, sorry, that was class-based. I didn't mean to be class-based, but it just, you can't, restrict flavor surely i don't know how that would begin to work it sounds no. very orwellian doesn't it restricting flavor yeah you can have it but you can't enjoy it all right you can have puke flavor and poo flavor those are your two <sighs> lovely lovely thought there um <laughs> This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Let's move on before we get any worse down that rabbit hole. Okay, so let's move on to the mailbag. So this is the part of the show where we hand over to you guys, the readers and listeners of SP. Do we have any Emily's? No Emily's this week. No, Emily's. No, we had a lot... Emily's, why have you abandoned us? We had a lot of Emily's last week, if you're uh, unsure why we're talking about Emily's, because that would sound weird. Um, Diane, who do we have this week? Just like questions for Emily's. (laughs) Well, you're going to have to be happy with a Paul. Um, So... Oh, Paul? Paul, Yeah! (laughs) Hello, Paul. It's even better. Um, Yeah. It's no Emily, is it, Paul? (laughs) You and I both know Paul. You're no Emily. (laughs) But Paul asks... And I love this question, really different. How do you feel about the concept of bookies offering odds on and people betting on election outcomes? How do I feel about it? I think it's, it's fine. I think it's good. I think um, people, I'm not a fan of restricting things like this particularly. I mean, obviously gambling is a problem. In Italy, you're not allowed to have opinion polls within two or three weeks of a general election because they're worried that the polls might sway how you vote and so what they do is they publish um fake horse race articles where they talk about the blue horses just ahead by a few points 
and everyone knows what it is. Everyone knows it's an opinion poll, dressed up as a horse race, but it just kind of plays that game. People want to know who's winning. And, you know, I've got bets on the election. Um, I like betting on elections. I don't think there's any harm in it. I mean, because because nothing... If I'm a, if I'm a massive billionaire, right, and I want to ad- change the, the course of the election, I could put some money into the odds, but that wouldn't really change anything. Like, I don't think there's a negative here that would impact politics negatively. I put a couple of quid on here and there because I like to think that I know things and I like to think that I can show everyone and then and then one day inevitably don't come off because I actually don't know anything at all. I just don't tell anyone. Mm. Um, and then like every now and again, oh, I put money on that. I said it was going to happen because stop clocks, right? So I don't see a negative side of it. I think it's interesting to see where people put their money because that's often more accurate than the polls because these are clever people doing things. Um, can you see a negative side of it? Either I just think that, like, I think people will always speculate. You're right. People want to speculate. They want to guess. They want to, you know, and you will never stop that. But I personally, I, I, like, I don't I don't actually part with any money because, you know, the house always wins. And, <laughs> I, I, you know, and I just, I, I don't bet. But I'll definitely be having a, I don't know, I might write it down on a piece of paper and lock it in a drawer or something. <laughs> The secret there is to write down lots of pieces of paper <laughs> and then pull pull one out and said, aha. Yeah. I told you Nun Eaton was going to go live them, didn't I? The only time but I've Nun ever bet. going Labour. I just want to be clear, oh. Nun Eaton will go to Labour this, this election. So bet me. The only time I've ever bet has been on politics and that's purely because, like, I know nothing about sports. And I'm not exactly a pro, you know, gambling has lots of issues. I'm not a massive gambler, but I was like, for once, I feel like I can take part in this thing that you hear about all the time of odds and stuff because I know politics. So it's just, it was to satisfy my nerdy side. I made money on a politics bet recently because I, I put money on um, the fact that the next election would be won by a conservative minority government. And the odds on that went up and up and up. Which means, and then I managed to do something called cash out, which means I can say I don't think that's true anymore, and so take the money I've already won because I now believe that it would be a Liberal Democrat Labour coalition Ooh. if there wasn't a majority. Mm-hmm. So if and if either Labour win outright, mm-hmm. or there'll be a coalition with the Liberal Democrats, and there's very little chance of a minority Conservative government. It's still possible that you'll have a majority Conservative government, but I think that what I previously thought, which was a conservative minority which means they haven't got quite enough seats but they got the most i think that's completely out of the question because the other parties will club together to stop that happening there you go heard it here first i mean sure we'll see <laughs> all right paul i don't think we've answered your question at all paul so uh listen paul i'd be really interested to know because clearly with that question you've got you feel like there might be an issue with it and I'd be more than happy to chat to you. So do drop us a DM. You, you presumably, Team Paul asked us this question on the yeah. DMs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know what the DMs are. Let's chat about it. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to hear what you think, Paul. Great. We have another from Tom. Oh, yeah. Oh, Emily. Oh, oh Tom. 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 Um, and I love this. And I know the answer straight away. Tom asks... 
what's the general party oh. you guys support? And he's trying to get, a, which he admits, he said he's just trying to get a view of bias. You know, what, what way the page swings. Okay. So, Tom, I'm not going to allow any of my team to answer that question. I'm going to tell you that since the page was set up in 2015, we've had about 10 people work 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 for us. Um, and between those 10 people, every single party you can imagine has been voted for. I personally have voted for many different parties. The way we run the page is that it's not for us and it's not about us. This comes from years of teaching English, you know, like I, I just hate Jane Austen. Right? I've got to be honest with you. I hate Jane Austen. Um, and so, year, you know, getting out the books for year 11, you're like, right, here's Jane Austen. You can't say, ugh, Jane Austen. You know, I, I mean, I like, I love of my Samantha. It's a great book. I've taught it about 17,000 times because every year you teach it a few times. Love it. Love it. Still find something new. So I can be ent- enthusiastic about John Steinbeck, but I have to be enthusiastic about uh, Jane Austen too, or the students like, oh, don't care. Right? And they, let's face it, with my teaching, they didn't care anyway. But enthusiasm for both sides is the only way to do it. And what I ask of anyone who work, who's working for SP is to have that enthusiasm for all sides, is to, is to it should never be clear who has written any post of ours in terms of balance. It should never be clear. And if, if there's like typos and it's generally terrible, it's clear I've written it. But in terms of balance and bias, it's, it, 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 yeah. And if you want to have a look at our bias, the only record we have is all of our posts. You can go through, you can make your own judgments, we do everything we can and we discuss it all the time to be as impartial as possible. There's actually, uh, this evening on Radio 4, there's a program about is impartiality even vaguely possible? And even if it is, is it desirable? Um, I'm going to be listening to that. I'm really excited for it. But are we impartial? I don't know. I mean, probably as much as we can be. Is there a party we support? I mean, we just what that we have values. And we want the country to be as good a place as we can. We're all politics nerds. Like, look at our stuff, see what we do, see what you think. I'm happy to talk about it. I'm happy to discuss it. I just said to Paul, DM us. Any listener who wants to talk about bias in posts, do feel free to get in touch. I would just, I'm going to finish this little rant by talking about context. We post quotes and comments from different parties. So if we post something saying, you know, it's the Labour Party conference coming up next week and there'll be lots of people saying how terrible the Conservatives are because that's what's going to happen at conference. And if we post that Angela Rayner called Sunak a poo head, right? (laughs) If we post that, that's not us saying he's a poo head. It's saying she's said this and we've just done lots of Conservative stuff. And generally we try and cut that out. I I don't think we posted much from the Conservatives about how terrible Labour are even though they said that a lot this week. We just try and cut that noise out and just tell you what their policies are and what, what they're saying. And we'll try and do the same for, 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 for Labour. But each post might steer a certain way because that's what we're reporting. 
but it's about the context of the whole. And yeah, we've, we've posted thousands and thousands of times now. So do get in touch. Happy to talk about it, but I'm afraid I'm not going to allow anyone to tell you which party they support or who they voted for or whatever else. We also get DMs from people accusing us of being too right-wing, being too left-wing. We get all sorts. So I think that shows that we are hopefully generally pretty balanced since we're always told that we are one way or another by both sides. I think, well, I mean, because we don't do comment pieces either, do we? No, no. We'll just try and bring you what's going on. Exactly. That's it. Yep. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Excellent question. Now, talking of parties... Let's yeah. move on to party conference watch. That's the most obvious segue. I don't know why you actually had to. <laughs> it's just the same word. So we've had the Lib Dem conference. We've had the Tory conference. What can possibly be coming up next, Diane? Next, it's the Green Party. And um, they kick off in Brighton on Friday. Um, so that's really exciting um we're looking forward to it we're going to cover it as you might expect um it's slightly shorter conference than the labor and the conservative one and basically it is run how you would expect the greens to run it because they run it how they would what they want things to work and how they do things so it's a hybrid conference you don't have to travel you can you know access everything uh, from afar if you want to there's lots and lots and lots and lots of motions um tons of stuff they're going to be discussing some of the things you would expect emergency climate measures taxes on potentially the wealthiest one percent to fund that and uh, bigger windfall taxes proportional representation but then also some other stuff around welfare and some more social policies so a whole raft of things that they'll be discussing. It's an interesting year for the Greens and I'm really, you know, looking forward to seeing what they do because um, Caroline Lucas, who is their sole MP at the minute in Westminster, has already said she will stand down at the next election. But the Greens have made huge gains in local elections. So can they turn that into MPs? We will wait and see. But... um, Great to hear some different policy stuff and looking forward to that. It's really interesting with the Greens because um, the Greens were doing really, really, really well before Jeremy Corbyn took over at the Labour Party by being the party to the left of Labour as well as the environmental focus. And Jeremy Corbyn really just squeezed that from them and their vote share and their, their, their everything kind of popularity waned a lot. Um, and now we've got Labour under Keir Starmer and suddenly there's that big hole on the left again. Mm. Um, and obviously the climate emergency gets more and more emergency-like every every day. We just had the warmest September in the history of the world. September's. I yeah. don't know how far back September's go. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, the climate emergency is real. And that obviously pushes people to the Greens and also positioning themselves as 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 a radical left yeah 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 is also quite appealing and that's why one reason we're seeing more support for them um conference isn't really a big deal for them it's just another meeting uh they it's coming together they have lots of mini conferences they have lots of meetings all across the year but we've got the big speech uh this comes out friday morning so at two o'clock today 
if you're listening promptly on a Friday, which I hope you do, two o'clock today. If, you, if you're listening on some other day, if you hang around, then you'll have missed it and you'll feel silly. But there will be a summary on SP right now. So that's, that's something to look back on. Oh, God, I'm confusing my timings now. <laughs> um, You'd be a terrible Doctor uh, Who. <laughs> I would be a really terrible Doctor Who. I'd just cry a lot. I'd be like, I'm the Cybermen. I don't want them. Ah! Uh, literally the worst Doctor ever. Um, so on Sunday, we've got the Labour Party conference and... They are finishing the conference season this year. Sometimes it's often the government who finishes the conference season, but this year we're ending up in Liverpool with Labour, and we've just had the Conservatives laying into saying how terrible Labour are. Blah 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 blah. We've had the Green Party saying how terrible they are, um, and then this is Keir Starmer's moment, and we'll see what he's got to say. I mean, obviously they're going to say the Conservatives are terrible. They're not, I don't think, going to say they're going to reinstate HS2. They're not going to say they're going to revoke North Sea oil changes. They're not going to oppose the £11 minimum wage. They're not going to oppose the smoking. They've already said they're not going to oppose the smoking. So on a lot of the big issues that are coming through, they ostensibly agree with the Conservative Party. So we're going to start. We're going to watch to see what Starmer's going to talk about. We've already seen the private school thing. We spoke about it last week being watered down. Are they going to? So what we need policies from Labour so we can start to see what they believe in, or otherwise Labour activists going to have a really difficult time. They're well ahead in the polls, but. That's not because people really support them, because really at the moment, what is there to support in terms of clear offer to the people? Now, we will see this. 11.20 in the, on Sunday morning, you will see Angela Rayner talk to the conference. She's, gonna, she's, a, she's a great speaker. She's going to barn storm it up in that barn. I don't think they're in a barn. Uh, in that hall. He's a, she's a hall stormer. You'll see it on Sunday morning, earlier than that, 9am, we'll have Keir Starmer, I think, on uh, Koonsberg, on the BBC. That's going to be interesting. We're going to see policies. We're going to see a lot of just anti-conservative hatred and also anti-SNP, because the Labour need to win in Scotland if they're going to win a majority. So we're going to see lots of anti-SNP stuff, but we, we need to see positivity from Labour, what are they, who are they, what do they believe in, give those people who want something, something to believe in. And I'm going to see what Sunday morning looks like, because I'm going to have to be awake to cover it. <laughs> so that'll be interesting for me. I think it's just going to look like lots of coffee and a TV screen. Probably. That's basically mm. my normal life at any time of day. Screens, coffee, and just general exhaustion. Anyway, enough about my fun life. Let's move on to the crystal ball. So we've already looked ahead to the conferences. Is there anything else coming up this week, Tatton? 
Uh, well, there is a by-election. In fact, they're voting right now in Rutherglen and Hamilton West. I think Rutherglen is a wonderful name place. Rutherglen. And so, that, so I was just saying a moment ago that uh, Labour are keen to take some seats in Scotland. And there is a support idea that the SNP is in real trouble for lots of reasons, but partly because uh, they may have had their hands in the till, possibly. If Labour can win in Rutherglen and Hamilton West then they will be very, very pleased going into the conference. The SNP are desperate to hang on to it. With everything else that's been going on, this one hasn't had quite the same following. People haven't been keeping an eye on the, the, the campaign as much as they have done for other, other, other recent ones. And partly that's because the government can't lose it. Right? I can see up design even in the race here. But this, this other battle between the SNP and Labour in Scotland is one well worth watching. Mm. And uh, I'm really interested to see what happens uh, to that. It's such a close call. And even the Scottish papers aren't really sure. And I, I watched some like, um, you know, when they stop people in the street and do vox pops of people in the street this morning. Mm. And the answers people gave were really interesting. Uh, pretty much 95% of people said, I, I don't want either the SNP or Labour um, because they feel that they couldn't really separate them, which is really interesting. But people were saying the very same, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, they don't know who to vote for. So, yeah, all eyes on the results. Once you take the nationalist, mm. once you take the nationalist policies out of there, it is hard. I mean, I, I, I would imagine that you might feel, and that if you were, if you're a Rutherglen native, you might feel like the SNP represents Scotland a bit better in Westminster, like because because the Labour hardly have any Scottish MPs at the moment, and you know Keir Starmer certainly doesn't go to Scotland particularly frequently. You might feel if they're if they're similar policy wise, you'd rather have your Scottish people in Westminster than not. I think that 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 might be a slight advantage the SNP have. I mean, I know Scottish Labour are in theory a different party, but I, I I'm not sure that I, I feel like the Scottish Conservatives feel more separate than Scottish Labour does because of Douglas Ross, who's who's a, who's a more of a mover and shaker. But we'll see. We'll see. So by the time you're listening to this, we may already have a result. So that's exciting. I quite like this kind of time gap. It's like we're kind of in the future, but also painfully in the past because we don't know what's happening. Anyway, I'd also be a terrible doctor because who knows time. Um... <laughs> Imagine if you had a doctor and I was your sidekick and we just kind of went, ah! <laughs> yeah, just be panicking, being, making impulsive yeah. decisions that blow up in our faces. Yeah, no, that would be it, honestly, Charlotte. We should never do that. No, we should never do that. But it'll be it'll make for an amusing show. So, uh, Russell T mm. Davis, if you're listening to this, um, we both have drama degrees. Uh, anyway, yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> we need we need Diane. To- <laughs> Also be part of it. So no, I'll just I'll just stay behind and man the office. You guys go for it. Pursue your dreams. That's that's, <laughs> but that's that's what we need. We need someone sensible. Be like guys, guys, go on, come back. Don't now. pretend, Dan. You don't even follow the page. <laughs> right. Well, on that note, I feel like we should wrap it up. So, lots of stuff to come this week. 
we'll be bringing it all on the page. So please do take a look. And we will be back next week to reflect on everything that we've talked about this week. So thank you very much, Tatn and Diane. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Emily, why have you forsaken us? Um, bit sad. But thank you very much. And thanks, uh, Dan Charlotte. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. just heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.